Jim Harbaugh is back, but for good this time? Let's discuss next on this week's episode of Michigan Podcast. But there's going to be one team that's going to play solely as a team. No man is more important than the team. No coach is more important than the team. The team, the team, the team. Let's This is no time for that. In the pocket and a sack. Tim Jamison. Brady gets terrific. Throws it. And it. Touchdown night again. Schultz just before Brazil got him. And a leaping interception by Woodson. Harbaugh back to throw over the middle. Caught by Kohler at the five. Seven, 179 pounds, a junior at Michigan. But Jamie Morris packs a wallop, and he delivers for Bo Schembechler. And here's your first play. Pressure coming, second. It is Glenn Steele, number 81, who fought his way through the traffic. Option. And Robinson calls his own number, and he's going to score. Oh, an easy touchdown for Robinson and Michigan. championship again because we're going to play as a team. And when we play as a team and the old season is over, you and I know it's going to be Michigan again. Michigan. I'm Steve Dace, and welcome to this week's episode of Michigan Podcast. And when you live and root under the reign of one Jimmy Harbaugh, it's mostly good, sometimes bad, once every seven years great, but it's always weird. I mean, this is just weird. So, to recap the chain of events... Uh, Jimmy, uh, basically says his goodbyes a week ago, Monday, uh, is even lobbying for support staff to remain in his stead after he presumably takes the Minnesota Vikings job. He trains with Matt Weiss, his quarterback's coach on analytics and a more modern NFL approach gets on a private plane from Willow run to head to Eden Prairie. And it's expected that this is a coronation. One of the Vikings candidates, D'Amico Ryans, jumps out of the race for the job right as Jim Harbaugh is going to uh, going to interview for it. You start doing the math, reading the tea leaves, and it certainly seems as if a guy that left the NFL with a top five all-time win percentage is heading back and is so desperate to go back that it's to the Minnesota Vikings with one of the worst cap situations in the league, one of the oldest rosters in the league, and a brand new general manager probably looking at a total roster overhaul and rebuild in the next year or two. That's how desperate he was to go back. And then, oh, by the way, we've got coaching hot boards. Matt Rule, the Carolina Panthers coach. We've got Bill O'Brien, 
uh, former uh, NFL coach, former Big Ten coach of the year at Penn State, current Alabama offensive coordinator, Luke Fickle, who checks every box of a coach Michigan would kind of want. But could you get the Buckeye to take the job to that dreaded school up north? We're doing coaching hot boards. And then, of course, because what did I just say? Under Jim Harbaugh, the one the one constant through all the years, Ray, is it's weird. It's got to be weird. So out of nowhere comes an Adam Schefter tweet about 6 o'clock Central Time. It's where I live, anyway, the time zone. Jim Arbaugh has pulled out of the Minnesota Vikings coaching search and has called Ward Manuel, the Michigan athletic director, and said, hey, I'm willing to be your coach if you'll have me. And that Ward Manuel was, quote, elated, unquote. Whatevs. <laughs> okay. Sure. Um, Minnesota Vikings beat writers uh, and Jim Harbaugh himself have confirmed he was not offered the job, but it was just, you know, somewhere along the lines about midway through. Both sides realized, you know what, at first we thought this was going to be a coronation, but kind of the it's we're not feeling it now and so we're back to where we started except Josh Gaddis got the memo that he was not going to be a candidate to be Jim Harbaugh's replacement for reasons that we probably wouldn't want to discuss here or other places so a guy who probably should have been fired after 2020 Um, His offenses were disappointments, except for about a three-game stretch in 2019 and then 2020, whatever that mess was with Joe Milton. And then in 2021, finally has some success here, but it's by reverting to Jim Harbaugh's more man-ball philosophy. Um, He somehow won the Broyles Award. The other guy, actually, Mike McDonald, should have won that award. He saved Jim Harbaugh's job and thus saved this Incredible season we were all just so blessed to be able to have. But Josh Gaddis says, hey, peace out. I'm out. Uh, Takes, I think, a lower than lateral job at Miami. It's a program that is certainly of a lower tier than what Michigan has been under Jim Harbaugh. Uh, More money, cool. But um, he says, hey, and even sends a text to players saying it's pretty obvious that the administration here doesn't have Uh, high hopes for me, so it's time for me to move on. I mean, everybody knew this was going to be his last year anyway. He interviewed for the Duke and Virginia head coaching jobs. Harbaugh was already telling recruits that this was probably going to be Gaddis's last year before he moved on. But now, now you come out of the best season Michigan football has had probably this century, or at the very least rivaling 2003. And of course, because it's mostly good, sometimes bad, Every seven years, great, but always weird. We decided to spend, as a program, the first month capitalizing on that momentum by having a head coach not sure he wants to continue to be the head coach and then not even tell all of his assistants what his plans were. Losing your offensive and defensive coordinators and now talk that one of your proudest alums in my cart might be looking at jobs in the NFL, according to Angelique Shangelis of the Detroit News. It's just a day in the life, man. It's just a day in the life. Most other programs that had this kind of chaos after a breakthrough season, you would be thinking, put a fork in them. Jim Harbaugh is an agent of chaos. 
he seems to thrive in this. I mean, nothing's bleaker than where this program was a year ago with a coach who should have been fired. Hell, I said last week on this show, I'd have fired him for getting on the plane to Minnesota. But if there's one thing we've learned about Jim Harbaugh, he loves, he embraces the chaos. He embraces the madness. That's why he wears people out. That's why we go through assistant coaches like Carter once went through pills. That's why we do that here. He can wear your ass out. But he does seem to thrive in the chaos. I mean, a year ago at this time, we had six new coaches on a program for a program that was coming off one of its worst seasons in the school's history. No wins at home. Complete disarray. Who's the quarterback? An offensive coordinator who hadn't done anything good. A defensive coordinator who had never coordinated a defense. And that was still one more coaching change away because one of those guys ended up leaving in the summer. Uh, So we ended up with seven coaching changes in one offseason. Which, given the shaky state of the program heading into that offseason, you would think, wow. This thing is about to implode or it's imploding in real time as we speak. I mean, that's why I was thinking that's why, you know, Michigan under eight was one of my season win total best bets. But in true Jim Harbaugh fashion, this actually ended up being the year that he finally delivered on all of the promise and potential that we all had for him and this program the day that he was hired. So I'm going to say this, man, it's it's not how I would roll. It's not a traditional structure of success in in terms of leadership style. This is not typically how it works, okay? But it seems to work for this guy, you know? So, yeah, there's hard feelings. Yes, there's soothing of relationships that needs to happen. You know, all this talk that if Jimmy left, we had to hire within the staff to keep staff continuity, and now we've lost half that staff with him coming back. But you know what, man? If there's anything you can see about Jim Harbaugh throughout his career, left for dead as a college player at Michigan, broke his arm against Michigan State, kind of was considered an afterthought. Michigan's program went 6-6, six and six, not even ranked in the preseason AP poll. Comes back, he's the number one rated passer in college football that year, and Michigan finishes number two in the country. Left for dead as an NFL quarterback, comes back, becomes captain, come back for the Colts, and now he's in their ring of honor. We have left for dead personal issues, off the field issues, um, his coaching career not really going anywhere, takes over at Stanford, miraculous job, miraculous job at the 49ers, benches the number one overall pick in the NFL draft as your starting quarterback during a bye week and starts a guy that had never started a game and rides him all the way to the next three NFC championship games. I mean, this guy is an agent of chaos. Jim Harbaugh stares into the mouth of madness and says, looks like home. So before you write it off, and I will admit, man, my tendencies of looking for consistency, um, solidified, firm, fixed standards and traditions, it's one of the things I love about Michigan, the fixed traditions. No, no. With this guy, man, just understand when you sign up, when you sign up to be a football program run by Jim Harbaugh, you sign up to be a theater of the absurd. It's just his way.
Folks, the moment we've been waiting for since September is finally here. In honor of the big game, DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 56, is giving new customers 56 to 1 odds on either team. Bet just $5 or more and get 280 bucks in free bets if your team wins. Not a new customer? Bet on Super Bowl 56 props instead. DraftKings Sportsbook offers a wide range of props throughout the big game. So take your shot at winning cash by predicting props like if a non-quarterback will throw a pass, fourth down conversions, total yardage, and so much more, just download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Use promo code Michigan Podcast, all one word, promo code Michigan Podcast, and get 56 to 1 odds on either team. Bet just $5 or more and get 280 in free bets if your team wins. That's promo code Michigan Podcast at DraftKings Sportsbook. And if you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services Gambling Disorder Helpline at 800-270-7117. 21 and older, Michigan only. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for full terms and conditions. All right, back now here with our 10-minute war. A little homage to the classic 10-year war between Woody and Bo when we bring in our good friend and perhaps one and only reasonable Bucknut, the one and only Mark Rogers, the voice of college football. He himself has a fantastic channel that you want to be following right here on YouTube, especially now during the offseason. This is when you get all the up-to-date information on all of these teams you're looking for for when those win totals start coming out and uh, those uh, preseason odds start coming out and you can start winning bets like I did last year with Utah 15-1 to to win the Pac-12 and that's one of the reasons why we're going to Universal studios for a family vacation here in a couple of weeks mark good to see you again man how are you that's not bad i better start listening to you steve <laughs> here's the I, thing i, I don't, don't get a lot right but the ones i get right are really <laughs> right brother i'll say that well i'm gonna say um i i forget how we came to the um conclusion of this uh, naming of this segment the 10 minute war but uh, considering that Bo was up five four to one maybe we should call it uh maybe the Earl Bruce, we should go to the Earl Bruce, Bo Schembechler, 5-4 in favor of Ohio State. I, I didn't think that one through. I'm a real big believer in honoring tradition and legacy, Mark, which is why I really think we need to honor the 10-minute war. And also because Bo finished 5-4-1 and Ohio State didn't score an offensive touchdown in those final three years. But who's counting? Um, I don't even know where to go. I'll tell you how I started out the show today. All right. When, when you're under the thumb of Jim Harbaugh, it's mostly good, sometimes bad. One out of seven years, great. It's always weird. It's just always going to be weird, man. And, 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 and you know, in the end, we lost a defensive coordinator that, I, that all of us realized wasn't going to be here more than two or three years at the most anyway because he's a Vunderkind, right? He's gonna, he might be the defensive Sean McVay. We don't know. Okay. Um, Josh Gaddis was already interviewing for head coaching jobs. He, he wasn't going to be here more than another year anyway. I mean, we don't have any real serious players in the transfer portal right now. It's just all the drama. All the we had ten guys decommit from our top ten recruiting class. We had ten decommitments from that class. And I went and looked at where all those kids are. Most of them are at like Massachusetts, Bowling Green. You know what I'm saying? It's just we with Harbaugh, it, it he just embraces madness. He's attracted to it. He 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 lives, he, he I think enjoys it. It, this is just going to be heavily dramatic. And now that it's likely, maybe you disagree. I think the NFL showed this last offseason that his stock is just not there anymore. 
and he tried one last Hail Mary down the stretch with the Vikings and it didn't work out. I think he's going to be our coach here for the foreseeable future. All right. And so I think for people like me are just going to have to embrace the madness. Just going to have to realize that if you're going to have Jim Harbaugh as your coach, you just have to know it's going to be weird. He's an agent of chaos and just accept that, man. And so that's just the quirk I think we're going to have to learn to accept over here up north. What do you think, Mark? And it must be the one quirk that does not align with Bo Schembechler because Bo was anything but controversial in regards to you knew where he stood, you know what he was thinking, you knew everything was all in on Michigan and where he was going to be from season to season. So Jim Harbaugh has obviously idolized Bo Schembechler in every other facet uh, for the most part. But but this one, you know, I got to think, Steve, we, we live in a world, in a society, and especially as it's reflected on social media, of extremists. And usually those extremes go to the negative because that stirs up more controversy and discussion and pushes more buttons. And for this, it's been that the Michigan program's coming off the rails. But again, there is no evidence of this. There are coaching departures everywhere. And you mentioned Mike McDonald. He was going to leave anyway. Who doesn't leave uh, the job that he had for the job that he just gained? Everyone does it. Exactly. Yeah. It, it, that's a logical move. Josh Gaddis, from what I'm hearing and gaining more background on him, it's not like he hasn't burned bridges before. And also the, the statement that he, um, I think it's been confirmed, made to uh, of a lot of the veteran players on the offensive side of the ball wasn't the classiest move on his part. And Josh Gaddis, for winning the Broyles Award, what was his experience, resume, what did his track record look like pre-2021? Was it that outstanding? No. No, there were three games in 2019 that it looked like a speed and space offense, but they still lost four games. In 2020, Milton, Joe Milton was his guy. That was an abject disaster. And so this year, he's just like, bleep it, man. Let's just run Jimmy's offense in a, in, out of a spread formation. And lo and behold, man, they led the nation in most plays of 50 yards or more. So he he got the Broyles Award by becoming mini Jimmy, by running Harbaugh's philosophy. That's how he got that award. Yeah, and then we look at uh, recruiting, with, which is, of course, the lifeblood, and I'm not seeing D commits. There was one guy in question, Cavante Henry, uh, out of California, who was – still not signed before National Signing Day, and he opted to go to Oklahoma. But besides that, the class was locked down. The 2023, uh, there was a decommit the other day, but this is happening with everyone and always has in this modern age of recruiting. Everything looks good. But, Mark, good. along the those tangibles. lines, you, you, you follow this year round. Along the lines of what you're just saying, how many schools have – I'll bet you Clemson has not had 10 decommits the entire time Dabo Sweeney's been the coach. All right? How many schools have 10 decommits in a class and still sign the number eight class in the country? Who does that, Mark? I'll tell you who does that. Jim freaking Harbaugh does, man. The dude is the joker, okay? He is just an agent of chaos. No one else, no one else would even try. You couldn't try to get 10 commitments in a class and still sign the number eight recruiting class in the country. By the way, and that's without signing a five-star or four-star quarterback. You and I both know it is hard to have a top 10 class without signing an elite quarterback prospect. So no elite quarterback prospect, 10 D commits, he still gets the number eight class. The year before, he has no contract. He is not under contract. 
and he and he goes silent for a month, he still signs a five-star quarterback and a five-star tailback. This past Saturday, the number one rated running back in Michigan, Cole Cabana, chose Michigan over Michigan State. And he's a Michigan State fan. Yes. From what I hear. And, and like his best friend signed is, is already committed to Michigan State. Yeah. I, this is just this guy's natural habitat, man. He just seems to, he freaking just thrives in this stuff. Jim Harbaugh, having him as your football coach is the co- college football equivalent. He's Christopher Walken in the red bandana scene in the deer hunter. That's what it is. And so you just have to sign up for it. it that's just, that is what, that's just how he rolls for better or for worse. That's just what you got going on. Yeah, so he's back, and uh, he's made a pledge to stay for as long as they're going to have him. So I am having a hard time believing that Michigan is falling apart and falling off the rails because, again, that's just talk, and, and I understand where that comes from in in, in looking at the, the scene that is that is the craziness of Jim Harbaugh and then trying to determine what's going to be the the collateral damage off of that. But it's limited, and he knows what he's doing <laughs> amidst all that. And so the tangibles still line up that this is a top-10 program in the country. I'm going to believe that it's going to continue to proceed that way. I believe, you know, J.J. McCarthy had glowing things to say about uh, most likely the new offensive coordinator or co-offensive coordinator Matt Weiss. So I think this is a really good program. Do I see it elevating and continuing that upward ascent? I don't think so. I just think that there are certain natural, uh, you know, the the, the recruiting uh, issue just in regards to geography plays against it. And um, so so I, I see it settling in that uh, 10 and 2 range, 9 and 3 range. And whether Michigan fans are happy or not with that, I it depends which ones I run into. Let's play a fun game, you know, like they used to do on Deal or No Deal. Are you take the deal? Yeah. If you were going to keep going, which case would you have chosen, right? So let's yep. do this for fun. Let's assume that six hours into a nine-hour interview, the Vikings and Harbaugh do not suddenly mutually decide, eh, on second thought, nah, and go ahead and consummate the relationship. And Michigan is sitting here, as you and I anticipated a week ago when we chatted, in a full-throated co- coaching search. I want to throw list of I want to throw a list of names at you from a Buckeye fan perspective. If if they would have gotten your attention at all, um, that if you think they would have been any kind of difference maker at all, and I'm going to do it in order of who, I, based on everything I've read, heard. Who I think how how I think the pecking order for a new coach would have gone, okay. Number one is Fickle. I do believe that Michigan would have forced him to say no, and I think you and I probably both think he would say no. Although Angelique Shangelis over at the Detroit News, who's a Cincinnati grad, says there's no way she thinks he would have said no if Michigan would have called, okay. But that would have been number one. He checks every single box of the profile of a Michigan coach because he checks every single box of a profile of an Ohio State coach, and the schools are, of course, intertwined, all right? So Luke Fickle, if, if Jim Harbaugh had moved on, Luke Fickle announces the next Michigan football coach, your immediate thoughts are what? Well, that's the most unique name that you're going to bring up for that connection with Ohio State. So the Ohio State fans going to be hurt by that emotionally. 
Now, what's it going to turn into in regards to the rivalry, wins and losses? Luke Fickle, yes, gets Ohio State's attention. He is as good as what he has shown at Cincinnati over the past four seasons. It's pretty remarkable. And I think then with a higher class athlete, not the 55th rated uh, talent in the nation there at Cincinnati, that would be one to be reckoned with. The next call, if Fickle would have said no, the Buckeye roots are too strong. I believe Matt Rule of the Carolina Panthers would have been the next call. Thoughts? So Matt Rule at uh, Temple did a remarkable job. You know, they were winning 10 games and and, uh, taking down some uh, pretty highly thought of Power 5 teams. Of course, he does what he does at Baylor. So by all accounts, I think Matt Rule, although it wouldn't have hurt Buckeye Nation because there's no connection there, obviously, but in regards to long-term success, I think Matt Rule, uh, I'm going to go with the pecking order thus far that that Fickle, even aside from the emotional part of it, would be the slam dunk, home run higher, and Rule just a notch below that. The third call, I believe, would have been to Bill O'Brien, former Big Ten coach of the year at Penn State, uh, four-time division winner in the NFL, out current Alabama OC. I am truly amazed and have been for all this time at what Bill O'Brien achieved at Penn State uh, to be able to keep that relevant, that situation and go eight and four, seven and five. I, I that place was such a, you mean they had like 40 players know. on the roster after the Sandusky probation scandal. Yeah. Yeah. For him to hold that together. I'm, I'm thinking in the aftermath of that, who that's a high three star, even four star in that range. Why would they go to Penn State when they can go to all these other places when it's being talked about in the way that it was. It was such a black mark, and he held it together. I think the guy's a tremendous game planner, X's and O's, tactician, rubs people the wrong way at times. I don't know necessarily that he ranks with the other two because of that. Finally, Mike Hart. I believe the, well, one Mike of those Hart. four names would have been your your Michigan coach in that order. Yeah, he's obviously the X factor from an experience end of this. But at the same time, I think more and more we're getting comfortable with uh, guys that do not have head coaching experience that have a certain cachet that obviously either played at a high level and now have transferred that onto the coaching field and have shown us that they can handle a position or an offense or a defense. And then they have that certain, you know, Marcus Freeman, of course, comes to mind at Notre Dame. And so I think that that might have been one that uh, Michigan might have taken a few hits for. He may have had to grow into the job, but uh, certainly I think he's coming. Yeah, he's on the ascension. Okay, one more. Jim Harbaugh. Where does he rank in that five? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Fickle one, Harbaugh two, rule three. I'm going to edge him past Matt Rule. It would have been an interesting search. I would have been fast. I, I would have been fascinated. I mean, I'm fairly convinced that Fickle would say no, but I've listened to Angelique's case for why she doesn't think that over the weekend. It would have been an interesting but, drama for sure. Then does he let us dangle out there? And although right now we'd have been, we'd have been the only school in the ca- coaching carousel, so it's not like if we had if Harbaugh had left in December and we're competing with six other you know uh, blue blood schools for the same coaching candidate pool you know there's one more name i forgot to mention that i think probably also would have been called before mike hart matt campbell 
I'm high on Matt Campbell. Uh, their season this past year was a disappointment considering just they they cycled into a year in which they were supposed to do big things because of all the offensive personnel coming back and it just didn't happen. But that that doesn't deter me from thinking that Matt Campbell's one of the top five to eight coaches in college football. And I would put him ahead of Harbaugh, Fickle, Campbell, Harbaugh, Rule, Hart, hmm. O'Brien, Hart. <laughs> That's where we well, were. You know, you know, I love Matt Campbell. I see him up close and personal every day where I live. The one thing from a Michigan fan perspective, he checks absolutely every box. Triple checks several of them. The one thing that did that did give me cause for pause this year, and you kind of you 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 just sort of referenced it. That offense with all that experience and firepower coming back never kind of took that extra step. Right. And you can understand why he's trying to play complimentary football and rebuilding the Iowa State program. And I think people that don't know Iowa State's history don't understand that the, if we've come to the point that seven win seasons are disappointments at Iowa State, they've never had a 10 win season in the history of the damn program. OK. And their season win total this year was nine heading into the year. They've never even won 10. Last 2020 was the first time they've ever even been in or won a major bowl in the history of the program. From a power five perspective, it's quite possible this is the weakest tradition of any power five school at Iowa State. But what concerns me as you translate this to Michigan, though, is that that, that offense with all those guys, best maybe the best running back in school history, maybe the best quarterback in school history, first team all Big 12 receiver, uh, an offensive line that brought back four starters from an, a line that was the finalist for the Joe Moore, Joe Moore Award last year. You expected that to kind of take an extra step, and it did not this year. And so that kind of concerns me because I think Michigan has learned under Harbaugh that you cannot, unless you're recruiting at a Georgia level where you have two or three Devin Bushes on your team at the same time, and Nakobe Dean and Quay Walker, you cannot complimentary football your way to winning a, a, a national championship. Hell, most years you can't win the Big Ten that year that way. Okay, so that was the one thing about him that I, that I was concerned about after what I saw this year is that offense, with all that experience, didn't take another step, which makes me think is that just a philosophical thing with him, maybe. Well, it's always an interesting uh, projection to try to make to take the Pat Fitzgerald or the Mark Stoops, who's now gaining better talent at Kentucky. But for what he's done for the last six or seven years at Kentucky, Matt Campbell to say, OK, if they did have the Jimmies and Joes, what would they do with it? And I, I don't think that that's uh, just I think that's a case by case situation. But I've got full confidence in in Matt Campbell being a top flight coach top five to ten coach in the country I think he would I would choose him over Jim Harbaugh at Michigan not that I wouldn't think about it but I choose Campbell mm -hmm. Mark always good to get an outsider's perspective man and good to talk to you my friend good to see you thanks for joining us again this week all right take care thanks Steve this week's Twitter poll result we asked you do you think Jim Harbaugh is now here to stay at Michigan look how divided this opinion is and I think they're both right. <laughs> I, I don't know. I got nothing, man. You know what? I'm just, it was 51 to 46, pretty divided. You know what? I, I think I'm just going to have to learn to embrace the madness and go along for the ride. Some of you have, have come back at me quite um, vociferously in the last couple of weeks or a couple of months here. What has happened to this podcast, you've asked? What's happened to me? I, I tuned in. You were so chipper. Um, you were 
uh, so positive and promotional and uplifting. I, I just react to what I see as a fan, guys. Okay? I mean, just look at the last few years, 2018. We started this podcast in 2017. And I think we all kind of knew going into that year with all the turnover, it would be by Michigan standards, a rebuild. And it was. 2018, we get into the top four, play Ohio State, and they call off the dogs after putting a 60-burger on us. 2019, they embarrass us again. 2020, one of the worst seasons in school history. 2021, one of the best seasons in modern school history. I am a broken fan, guys. I crave consistency. And I think I'm just going to have to learn now that it that I do think Harbaugh is the coach here for the foreseeable future. I I don't know that his NFL stock is 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 all that high to take advantage of at this point, even if he wanted to go. And I do think that if he was like, hey, next offseason, Ward, I'm going to look around. I do think Ward would be like, don't let the door hit you with a good Lord split you, man. We're moving on. So I, I, I think it's possible this is his last coaching job. And so if that's the case, I'm just going to have to learn to get more comfortable with being uncomfortable as a Michigan fan. I'm I'm just going to have to embrace the zany hijinks on some level and just realize that's our brand. That's our coach. That's our guy. He's a goofy bastard, but that's our goofy bastard. I'm just going to have to embrace that. All right, don't forget, feedback of the week coming your way next. And this is, because I almost forgot it. Uh, Drew Engelstein says, my only report, or retort, I should say, my only retort, while I agree the optics of this are bad, no key recruits decommitted and no key returning players have entered the transfer portal to my knowledge. I think by Jim staying, our momentum is pretty much intact for next year. I don't like that he took the interview either. I think that's right, actually. I mean, so far, we lost a defensive line coach that was probably the weakest position coach on our staff and got a better one. We lost an offensive coordinator we all knew was leaving after this year anyway and had essentially become mini Jimmy by getting rid of his offense and running Harbaugh's. And we lost a defensive coordinator that I think we all knew wasn't going to be long here because he's an up-and-coming Vunderkind. It's just, man, the drama toll, if you're a Michigan fan, is high, right? It's like living in a state with no state income tax. You love that, man, when you get your check every 1st and 15th or every Friday or every other week, right? You love that, man, right? When you see the net line. But you ever, you ever you know, uh, jumped on the interstates of a lot of no state income tax states? Yeah. They get you on the back end, brother. All right? Okay? That's kind of what it's like being a Michigan fan. I mean, just... the We chose to live here, and so sign up for the drama. Toughen up. You know? I, I just accept that that's the way we're going to roll here. It's just going to be weird. And so that's a weird way for us to end it. And so we shall. Don't forget, you can follow us on Twitter at Michigan Podcast. You can also um, like, rate, share, subscribe, five-star review, whichever applies and however you access this, whether it's watching right here on YouTube or sharing on iTunes, Stitcher, or any of the podcast platforms that host us. Um, please keep doing that. Keep letting other Michigan fans know about us so we can find more Michigan fans just like you. And hey, if you are a rubbernecking Buckeye, you're views and clicks count just the same. So thank you. Until the next time, I'm Steve Dace. Go Blue.